Philosophy Friday. Here we go. Nick, what's going on? Hey. It's Friday. Hey, is it? Yeah, good. Philosophy <laughs> Friday. Philosophy Friday. Been a while. Uh, so Friday, it's kind of like get off work, tune into Two Age Sojourner, listen to some philosophy, start your weekend. Yeah, that's know? right. <laughs> so how do we lead into the weekend today? So today we're going to be talking about the moral argument for God, mm. or otherwise known as the problem of good. Yes, I like it. So uh, we're all familiar with the uh, argument against God, which is called the problem of evil. Mm-hmm. You know, if the, if God is good and if God is powerful, how can a God of love allow bad things to happen? David Hume. Uh, yep. Yep. And many others. Mm-hmm. Yep. So uh, the horns of a false dilemma. So mm-hmm. this is this is the Christian or the theist's response that says. You guys are picking up on the problem of evil, but you cannot account for the problem of good. The existence of morals and moral obligations points to a moral God who created us. Hmm. So here's a... Here's a for well, the just even before we get there, sorry, just quickly yeah. to interject, because I think it's an important point as well. Whenever you do come up with... I mean, yeah, as you said, there is no... It's a false dilemma, but, but you know, usually someone who wants to enter into that kind of debate can't even acknowledge evil to begin with you know it has no real way of 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 having a problem you know there's no moral basis from which to even you know have the problem of evil and it's worth saying every time just because you know you should never be on the back foot with that one because the person suggesting evil who has denied the reality of god has a real problem Uh, they need to come up with what evil is um, and and how it is actually evil. Um, so yeah, you know, just just you know, just for anyone listening, I mean, I know that's kind of a different topic and more in, in terms of uh, a presuppositional approach. But it's just always worth keeping in mind, uh, especially because it's always the boogeyman of, of apologetic prob- problems, you know. And um, it doesn't need borrowed to be capital. Yeah, yeah. borrowed capital. That's right. All right, cool. But keep going. Okay, so here's the uh, the three point form of the philosophical argument. So point one. Objective moral obligation exists. Now, please note the distinction between objective morals exists versus mm-hmm. objective moral obligation exists. Mm-hmm. This argument is not saying that everyone feels the exact same morals everywhere. Mm-hmm. Okay, There are obviously um, exceptions because of the fall. So it's not making this argument on the basis of universal a universal set of rules that everyone agrees on. Okay. Rather, it's saying this, objective moral obligation. Everyone knows that you must pursue the good and you must avoid the evil. Whatever the definition is, that's not what we're, what we're debating at this point. Okay, mm-hmm. that's point one. Okay. Point two, the best explanation of objective moral obligation is God, and here's the cruncher, not the modern accounts for it. In other words, evolution or culture. Yeah. And so, therefore... God exists. Now, this is a form of argument that Alvin Plantinga mm. uses and those who follow his teachings. So, um, yep, yeah, it's, it's not a silver bullet. All arguments for God are rationally avoidable. All you have to do is make a, a wrong assumption, mm. and you can avoid any rational argument for God. But we think that it is reasonable and uh, demonstrates the reasonability of belief in God. Mm. 
Yeah, so here's a, I suppose, a more popular way of approaching it is uh, just to appreciate the strength of this argument is to look at what uh, C.S. Lewis experienced in his own conversion. Mm-hmm. So he was an atheist, and he thought the world was cruel and unjust, and, and I'm, I'm quoting him now when he writes this. My argument against God was that the universe seemed so cruel and unjust. But how had I got this idea of mm. just and unjust? A man does not call a line crooked unless he has some idea of a straight line. What was I comparing this universe with when I called it unjust? If the whole show was bad and senseless from A to Z, so to speak, why did I, who was supposed to be part of the show, find myself in such violent reaction against it? Thus, in the very act of trying to prove that God did not exist, in other words, that the whole of reality was senseless, I was forced to assume that one part of reality, namely my idea of justice, was full of sense. Consequently, atheism turns out to be too simple. If the whole universe has no meaning, we should never have found out that it had no meaning. Yeah, the the water has to flow from a higher point, (laughs) you know, downwards. Yeah, I love that. I mean, it's it's, it's so powerful. It truly is. And I mean, um, you know, even just the idea that, that, even just the feeling that we were created for something more in some way, um, suggest that there's something more you know there's there's so much about that uh because it's impossible to come up with those things you don't you know the 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 pooling of water doesn't happen uh, above its water source yeah I, I i love those those kinds of arguments and i think it's huge with morality it's just unbelievable yeah so I mean, here's 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 what where i think we should take some of the discussion so the point two of our uh, uh our argument says that modern accounts cannot explain it as well as the thesis of God does. Right. So, so let's take a look then at evolution, for example. Mm-hmm. So secular Darwinian evolution. Mm-hmm. Uh, but everything that we are has come into being by chance. Come into being is um, is a senseless statement, but we'll we'll stay away from that one for yeah. now. Yeah. <laughs> so let's allow it. <laughs> morals like love, hate, goodness, beauty must have, from the perspective of uh, Darwinian evolution, a natural explanation. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, if our sense of morals exists and you assume evolution, I'm putting you on the block here, you have to answer, how do you think evolution gives an account for our sense of moral obligation? What does the theory look like? Well, you've got kind of, um, you've got, I think, the best, the best theory. So, in fact, this is, remember, I don't know if you remember that debate that I had with that guy, he was doing his dissertation on this. <laughs> exact issue he was like how do we how do we come up with stuff you know for morals and and uh, where is it coming from and, and basically it's a sense of preservation you know is what he boiled down to um you you want to um you realize there's the preservation of humanity involved when morality is in view and we have this innate need to survive and so you know for the sake of a a societal good we come up with a set of norms for the preservation and prospering of that society Um, of course the the whole thing is deeply problematic in that you know you have you're basically saying it's entirely relative to, you know, what another society might have come up with and dependent on what that society might have come up with. So, I mean, you you can refer to any number of societies that have had some pretty bad stuff going on and uh, you wouldn't necessarily be able to, you know, say why that was bad and where it even came from at the end of the day. I mean, but yeah, to answer your question directly, it's this issue of, 
innate preservation, I'd say. What, what have you got otherwise? So here's another theory I came across, and it's, mm. it's, it's, it's from the same root. Mm-hmm. So in the past, somewhere in our evolutionary history, altruistic beings must have survived better to pass on their altruistic genes. Totally. So that here's the it. theory. Yeah. Yeah. They survived better because they were willing to cooperate with a larger group, which guaranteed their survival. Yeah. Okay, so they had a better chance of surviving than those who were selfish and cruel. Mm-hmm. So the genes that they had, which made them altruistic, weren't actually good or evil. They were just they just happened to be the genes that the survivors had, mm-hmm. and they were handed down to us as a sense of moral obligation. And right. so this is why the general consensus is there is a universal moral uh, objective moral obligation that selflessness and sacrificing for others is viewed as better than selfishness and taking from others. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, the problem that this runs into, of course, is that um, our sense of right and wrong is nothing more than a relic of a form of survival strategy. Mm-hmm. There are, in fact, no real and objective categories in right and wrong. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's and, and here's the possibility: it is possible that we could have evolved differently, and wrong mm-hmm. could be something different to what we now understand to be. Mm-hmm. So, if the survivors of our evolutionary past happen to be the selfish ones. And the selfish gene was passed down and was presently um, accounted for our moral sense of what was good, then we would be calling selfishness good today. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's right. And there can be no objection to that. Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah, and you know, that's that's kind of where we landed. I mean, on that debate that I'm thinking about, I mean, I, I remember asking the guys, so I listen, remember. yeah, so if, 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 if somehow, you know, even just down to like things like rape and, you know, just, I, I remember, I can't remember how I phrased it, but I tried to, I tried to be as aggressive as I could in terms of just, you know, laying it out there in terms of, you know, hey, would you approve, could you imagine that this would ever have been good? And uh, yeah, I mean, you, you had to you go used there. The, yeah. You used the example of an alien from outer space, didn't you? Ah, uh, that yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah, so something like an alien from outer space. So I'm trying to get to a different society. Comes from a, comes from a different society. Different yeah. evolutionary sort of makeup, as it were. And uh, for them, it's right to kill, kill and rape and maim and whatnot. And you know, and uh, and you, you know, yeah, they come to get your family. What are you going to do? Are you going to say that? Can you at that point say that that they are inherently being evil? Uh, because all he had was to say that, um, according to them, they were being good. And according to us, they were being evil, you know, and it's just but even there, he would refuse to acknowledge that the rape of his own, you know, uh, wife or murder of his own children would be evil. And you just sort of like, well, at that point, I, I feel like, well, you know, at least you're consistent. That's good. But you you do just just lose, you know, you lose any <laughs> sense of credibility at that point. In that you, exactly. You, and, and look, there have been evolutionists that have had the courage of their convictions. That's They've right. Stood up and said, this is exactly what we mean. Here's a quote from Thomas Huxley. Mm-hmm. I think he's otherwise known as Darwin's bulldog. Mm-hmm. Um, and he said this, the thief and the murderer follow nature just as much as the philanthropist. Mm-hmm. Cosmic evolution may teach us how the good and evil tendencies may have come about, but in itself, evolution is incompetent to furnish any better reason why what we call good is preferable to what we call evil than what we had before. Mm. It cannot give you a better reason why it should be preferable. Yeah, that's it. At least he's being honest. At least he's being honest. It becomes so revolting at that point. Now, here's another one. Mm-hmm. So, one evolutionist argued in a, in a New, York, New York Times article that women who murdered their newborn babies may not be mad or evil. 
but unconsciously obeying primeval instincts to sacrifice their children for the good of the tribe. Nice. So there's this relic in their evolutionary history where once upon a time we believed in gods who we thought needed child sacrifice. Mm -hmm. So out of an altruistic motive, not madness and not a bad motive, mothers can kill their babies today and not be charged with a crime. Hmm. Oh, boy. Yeah. And this this is the guy who owns it. He says, yeah, this is the way to be explaining behavior. I mean, it really does bring up the problem of punishing crime, doesn't it? What what is a crime? What is a crime if morality is relative in this sense? Yeah, exactly. What is a wrong? Because what what it will amount to is a criminal will sit in his or her cell. Will they agree that they've done wrong or will they rather see themselves as a victim of the people who who has the power, um, who holds the reins of power? Mm, Totally. Yeah, and you can, I mean, come straight full circle back to that... um how do you even dare suppose that there's a problem of evil <laughs> to begin with? You know, um, if you at that level would just deny any form of evil at all, you know, it's just uh, it's it's crazy. They are denying a, they're trying to get out of a problem of evil by by completely embracing evil. Essentially, that's that's that's, that's all that's going on. And um, in terms of the good, I mean, yeah, there's just nothing to account for for. Um, for any true um, absolute sense of morality. I mean, that alone needs to, I mean, should, should, I mean, I just think of Immanuel Kant, for example, who, who on that basis said, Hey, you know what? We just need to pretend there's a God, you know, just because that thought should be so, should be so scary. <laughs> you know, let's yeah. just all pretend because that would be better than, than, um, you know, moving forward on, on, well, on as, uh, as Dostoevsky said, mm. without God, everything is permissible. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. Scary stuff. Yeah, so there it is. That's the uh, the argument from good. Basically, what it's this is a particularly useful tool in our 21st century atheistic secular evolutionary atmosphere. Yes. You know, you take this one to the Muslims and it wouldn't have as much traction. Yeah. This is one that's good for our situation here yeah. in New Zealand. Dude, and, and, and in light of the, the, the shootings, you know, I mean – what are you not going to say that that's evil? You know, well, every, uh, here's the thing: everyone knows it's evil. Everyone. And now you have to ask them the question: How do you know? Exactly, and it, it exposes it exposes the weakness of the worldview. So you know, it is an important thing to be thinking about right now. It it, it is going to become this iconic question at some level. Uh, you know, a reference point for all of us uh, living in New Zealand. And, um, and and this is the follow-up apologetic in, in that regard. So we must be able to look at that. And, you know, this is one of the great strengths of, of Christianity. We can look at that act and go, you know what, there is evil, and that is evil. And yeah. uh, there, there, must be, there must be punishment. Uh, there must be justice. There must be, um, you know, a, a hell, a death penalty at its ultimate level. Um, and, and this is what makes the cross so profound. Um, these things are all just, they, they come into focus when we see stuff like this happen. Um, but yeah, hopefully that's good. I mean, just moving into the weekend, some light, light thoughts for you there. You know? <laughs> um, the problem of good. Yeah, the problem of good. I like that. So uh, would you recommend uh, any particular plans again books? Because um, he's got some I, problems, I, doesn't he? Look, I've read I've read some of his stuff. Here's here's trouble with with Plantinga and and the boys who who play at that level. It's so boring, right? 
you know, if you want planting in an accessible style, read Tim Keller. Right. Good. So that yeah. that would be my recommendation. You you will get planting air through Keller. Yeah. Uh, all the best of planting air. The useful of planting air is has been chewed and <laughs> packaged in a wonderful package by Keller. Totally. That's a good call. Yeah, and potentially even slightly improved upon by Keller. <laughs> you know so yeah no okay good i mean that's um and and we've already recommended making sense of god as the ultimate go-to for yeah. this sort of thing and, and of course uh, c.s lewis mere christianity yes um, true yeah he was quoted there as well yeah yeah c.s lewis um oh it's just a classic everyone's got to read it even if no matter what you think you've just got to read it um good well there we go there's some reading for you and some thoughts uh, on philosophy friday um thanks a million nick cheers